When you first got to the league, you first started playing, who was the first person to bust your ass? First person to bust my ass? I mean, we could take it to practice. I mean, BJ definitely got me a couple of times, and that was kind of a full circle experience. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> you got to remember, like, I'm an L.A. guy. You know what I mean? So, like, I grew up watching them. So, Larry Drew was at Tav. I grew up mm-hmm. watching him because uh, I went to Tav. Uh, you got Drew Holiday. You got DeMar. You got BJ. You got, like, all yeah, those guys who were, like, seniors right when I was in, like, eighth grade and going into ninth mm-hmm. grade. So, like, those were the dudes. Yeah. So, getting to Detroit and then him being, like, on the on team, team and him being yeah. his team. Yeah, you know I'm saying? Like, that was kind of a full circle experience. So I'd probably say yeah, BJ's first one in practice for sure. Yo, 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 we back live on location, man. We got the blackest one over here and all his blue and black plunder. You feel me? He, he shining on you. You know we that, in though. L.A., Los <laughs> Angeles, California, man. We got L.A.'s on. We got L.A.'s kid. We got the NFT, Bitcoin, the blockchain wonder. You know what I'm saying? We got Spencer Dinwiddie in the building. This was my rook in Detroit. Now he up here being grown man status, putting buckets on people's heads, making deals, out there making Bitcoin things, do what it do, man. We pleased to have him there. We about to learn something, y'all, and we gonna talk to a young baller. Appreciate you, bruh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I uh I like about your story, like I always try to say, it's kind of harder for a guy to be the man yeah. coming in from the draft. And as you be the man and, and an organization got confidence in you, they start to lose. Every team you go to, they start to lose confidence yeah. in you. Your story is like they counted you out and you persevered through yeah. every situation. Just speak on that to always just have confidence in yourself because I always preach confidence in players. Like confidence is one of the most important things. You can easily lack confidence by going to a coach, going to another team, getting sent to the D-League or whatever. So just tell us about the confidence of you never lacking the confidence in yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think the league's mostly built on confidence and opportunity. I would say my confidence was built just from like every stage so at no point in time was I ever like McDonald's or number one player yeah. in my class or any of that so how is this possible how can you be the you know California basketball player of the year because it only happened my senior year no senior year wasn't rolling like that time out I don't care if you're in California and you play in LA yeah. your senior year you're you get the you get the wooden award yeah I, I got that how black. do you not make McDonald's that had to be like a conspiracy nah, theory in <laughs> California I'm, I'm, LA hey, I'm telling you like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, that, like, like to me, it's like, you know, you got to see Chicago, New York, you gotta California. Hey, like, if you miss, me. if you like the our, dude in there, that's like almost a shoe our, our Our guys, my year, were Jabari Brown, who went to Oregon. I remember Jabari Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Josiah Turner should have made the game, but Josiah something Turner. happened. Crazy. I can't even remember. But, like, the man, my class my class was Anthony Davis, Austin Rivers, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. Uh, mm-hmm. It was all those guys. Yeah, them hitters. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we, we we had dudes in our class for sure. Shoot, Quinn Cook was in that class. A lot, a lot I'm of just, guys. I'm not even – this is no hate yeah, to no, nobody no, in the class. It's just astonishing that the Wooden Award winner from California, yeah. from, like, L.A., didn't make it. Like, I don't – to me, it's always New York, Chicago, uh, yeah. you know, L.A. The big cities yeah. always got at least one. 
Yeah. And I guess, you know, whatever. But I'm just, I was just surprised by that, that you would win that and not be in one of those games. That's that's where I've always normal. been. Yeah, you know I mean, it was it was normal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had to to fight to get on varsity. You know what I'm saying? I had to to fight to start on varsity. And then, you know, finally was my team junior, senior year. And like, you know, in, in college, like I came in and I started, but, you know, it was Carlin Brown's team. And, and he was a great vet and fifth year guy at the time. You know what I'm saying? But each stage, like I always had to like, work through something you know what I mean so you build the confidence over time and I, I mean I probably relied on my parents too a lot uh growing up they always you know would just be like yo they had like kind of a, a no bs mentality you know even when I got hurt my first time like I was crying and stuff like the night I got hurt and I was I was talking to my mom because she had flown out to Colorado to see me and she was like uh, what do you want to do and I was like you know all sniffling and crying I want to go to the NBA blah blah she's like so do it like that, that plain, that flat, like not like my baby, this, none of that. She just looked at me and was like, so do it. Yeah. And I was sitting there like, well, well damn, I guess <laughs> I better go figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know? So that's how my parents were. Do that give you something? Cause like one thing, I always had confidence in myself, but yeah. that one person, like my mom was that one person I knew that she had the same confidence in myself yeah. that I had in myself and that's all I needed. Yeah. Nobody else have to like me no more. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So is that the same way with your parents? Like I just need them to support me and be with me. Yeah. I feel I can do anything. Yeah, so I was I was fortunate to have three. So I had my parents and I also had my grandmother on my mom's side. She yeah. She's since passed away in 2017, but growing up, I had those three. Yeah. And, and so you can't tell me nothing because as long as they say it's possible, <laughs> Straight up. well, I'm at least give it a try. You yeah. feel me? So that's kind of the way that I, I moved through life in general. Okay, so that's what I was about to ask. Like, where did that, you confident this, that, and third, but where did the outspokenness with the confidence come in? <laughs> this man walked in the door, second round, like, hey, word, like, it's cool. You know, I was second round. I, I wasn't supposed to be. If it wasn't for this injury, <laughs> I'm lottery pick. No cap. Like, you know what I'm saying? So where did that come from? Because even... You know, I was there first two years on the ground every day yeah. seeing, and it was like, I saw you even when you went through adversity this, that, and the third. Like, you never lost, like, not playing whatever. Sometimes you get, you know, the NBA yeah. humble you in certain ways, yeah. but you never lost, like you said, whatever your mom and grandma and told you. It was yeah. like, we used to always talk about it. Me, Malik, all the guys, we yeah. like, this motherfucker still like, yeah, yeah. His confidence ain't shaking, yeah. though. Like, whatever happening, like, you know, you struggle with this, but it was like he still had that, like, where did that outspokenness come from to be able to tell people, like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here and this yeah. and that? Well, I mean, like I said, the the road, right? I mean, you look at it. I can say, damn, my first practice, BJ busting my ass. Or I can say, well, I also never lost one-on-one while I was there. So I can look at it one of two ways. I can go home and be like, damn, I'm in Detroit. My family ain't here. You know what I'm saying? BJ is busting my ass in the fives. Or I can be like, shit, can't nobody see me one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm fresh off of ACL. We going to figure it out. We going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, listen, I can attest to that. We They would play one-on-ones <laughs> afterward, right? <laughs> And that was like, that was probably when I started to give him his respect. Because I used to be like, you know me. I'm like, who is he? He come in with all this confidence and swag. Like, bro, he's second round. Chill. Like, he he talking a little too much. You remember how you said yeah. to you, like, but like, real talk, he's six, 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 seven. So I would watch him. They playing ones. It would be like BJ, sometimes DJ Augustine, Stanley. No, Stanley wasn't there yet. Stanley came not to get second, ready. Second, yeah. But like, yeah, so it would be them kind of group. And it was like, he was bigger than than our guards. And it was noticeable when they got in them drills. <laughs> and the thing that was the funniest to me was his facial expression. This was the arrogant <laughs> shit. 
he'll do some ha ha, you know, big boy shit, six, 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 seven, float over him or whatever, and he'll kind of like, like look back, like <laughs> and the first time you catch, it's like, wait, was that? Then he do it second. Oh no, he's swagging yeah. his ass right now. Like, okay, and I'll be telling, like, look, this one crazy, dog. He like lightweight talking shit, but he not. And I saw, like, oh, okay, like, nah, my fucker score now. He could, he he gonna get a bucket. So that was like when I first really got to start yeah. seeing, like, okay, because like he trying to figure out his rehab too. Because I remember that being yeah. a big part of it. Because they wasn't expect you. You came along faster than we expected yeah. you to. And he was like wanting to just get out there. And so it was like he, I, I knew it was both of them things that he was kind of navigating. But to his credit, he picked that shit up. He picked it up. Thank you. You could have chose Harvard yeah. for, your, for your college. Like, you know, <laughs> like Harvard, I don't care how good you in in basketball. <laughs> like, if you ain't getting it the other way, you're not coming that way to even get the opportunity for them to even offer you something. How was that? Like, cause that's big. Especially being a black kid, yeah, you know? That's, again, mostly my mom. She was a, got a PhD from USC, was a professor there for a number of years. And so academics was always first. And, you know, she was just on me all the time about it. Like, there there was no real, like, thought process that, like, Spencer's going to be, like, the NBA guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, up until probably senior year of high school. And yeah. it's, it really started looking like, okay, you might have a shot. Before that, like, they pushed academics and pushed academics, and that was it because that's what my family knew. I mean, I have uncles and stuff that went to UCLA, and I have a a cousin that's a doctor, went to, like, Johns Hopkins or whatever. Like, Hmm. you know, that's kind of what the family did. So all that that side of the family was mad. Like, how could you not choose Harvard? Like, you'll set yourself up for life, and that wasn't what was in my heart to do. Did that make it easier for the basketball to be like, look, this ain't— what I pose doing, this is what I want to do. I'm just doing basketball. This is what I want to do, but I yeah. got this. This I is mean, the foundation. Yeah, I, th- I think I think to a certain extent, it was never like my full identity because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So going through the struggle wasn't as bad as the player that all they got is basketball yeah. and all they know is basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I was, I was still gonna be Spencer and the, and the weird crypto kid, like yeah, regardless of basketball. <laughs> and, and I think that's probably also somewhere the confidence comes like I'm really just cool just being me you know what I mean like like you said when you well, when I walked in man he still wear like team stuff and like free stuff hey listen that's what I do like I, I'm, I'm real cool just kind of being me flowing on my own wavelength and so but when I get out there like because remember like at the same time this is what I've wanted to do since I was four mm-hmm. I'm not about to just let you take this from me neither yeah. and so that's where you get some of that like switch up and I don't never mean it from a bad place but like, if I score and I know it's nice, I'll be like, damn, that was nice. Yeah. And I'll talk to myself during the, and that was something DJ used to hate. And DJ's my guy, but he used to hate that because I would talk to myself yeah. during, like, while we were KG, playing. KG, tickets. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's nice. I'd be like, oh, here it goes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit, shot was short. I'll give him next time. Don't worry. Put him <laughs> off that mug. Like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. I killed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he used to hate that. He'd be like, shut up. And I'd be like, honestly, and I, because he was my bet and we lived uh, like a block away from each other. And I told him one day, I was like, bro, like, honestly, I don't mean anything personal by that. Like, I just, Learn that through the years, like because I felt my back was against the wall the entire time. So it was yeah. me. Obviously, my parents can't go out there and play for me. So it's, I got to figure this out. Listening to him say this is like watching it in real time when you don't understand it at first. 
he not crazy, but his confidence, like, it ain't the type of, like, you know how everybody, like, oh, the fuck? you might not understand it, but his swag out of here. <laughs> like, his yeah. swag is out of here. It's, it's his own, but, like, he don't see certain shit. And I was like, I kind of, like, me and Malik used to talk about that shit all the time, sitting there yeah. watching. Because, you know, them long days, we trying to figure shit out and shit, trying to figure all y'all out. We used to be like, this motherfucker spin's supposed to be so good, but he crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, like, I honestly, I never really fit in, like, into different, like, Places like think about the Harvard shit. Like I didn't really fit in with them. Right. You know what I mean, like I would have went. It was cool. But I didn't really fit in like that. You know what I'm saying. And then like you got all these other like demographics and stuff like that. Like I got you know sides of my family that went to you. Said I got sides of my family that do very different things. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> like for real. And I was just kind of like, guys, I just want to play basketball. And so when you start not fitting in these places, you're just kind of like, all right, well, it's you. Let's, let's figure out a way to do it. And so some of that comes from that. It's not like a bad place. And I, I don't ever really want to piss nobody off, honestly. But at the same time, like, if it does rub you the wrong way, I'm sorry. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because I'm, I'm going this direction. And and that's just what it is. You know what you want. Yeah. Could have been anybody else. What made you choose Colorado? That was, that was simple. So I would say my true final four colleges, Colorado, Harvard, UCLA, and Oregon. My dad went on the visit with me to Oregon and was like, I don't want you to go here. And my dad very rarely says anything like that. I love Oregon. Oregon was dope when I, I went up. I thought it was too. I was <laughs> like, Nike every day. They showed me the whole thing. The, the Jays on the one side, the prototypes on the other side. I'm over here like, bro, I, I'm ready. Gary like, was on point. <laughs> yo, I, I was, I was in my mind, I was going to Oregon just for the, the flash. And we went to like a yeah. party and it was crazy. Like the whole night. So I'm, I'm ready to go. And my dad's like, Spence, I do not want you to go here. And I was like, what? Like, cause my dad's not a controlling dude. Like, when, yeah. so when he speaks for real like that, I mean, he, you're like, <laughs> yeah, hold I got on, this like, like, you don't never even say you that. You don't never say <laughs> nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? So, I didn't commit on the visit, and I was like, all right, I'll give it time. Like, I'm not promising I won't, but I'll give it time. Like I said, UCLA was just on some like, you're an LA guy, you just won the award, boom, whatever. Like, like we want you to like stay home, but like, we ain't really rocking with you like that. <laughs> right. and, you, and you know, like everybody's had different situations where they know, like, you ain't really rocking with me like right. that. Like, you just doing this to do it because it'll look bad if I go crazy. So with the Colorado and Harvard situation, that was really when my parents were like, you got to make a grown man decision, period. We so know them the last two, Harvard and Colorado was yeah, the last two? last two. Oh, mm, last that's, two. That's, that's interesting. Last two. So <laughs> those were, like, my legit last two. Yanni Huffnagel was at Harvard. We ended up going into Lemon Perfect, the water, together. So that was that was crazy. Um, but they were like, hey, you got to make a grown man decision. So most of my family wanted Harvard, of course. My basketball people wanted Colorado, and, and I wanted to play basketball. So, like, that's that's really how that whole thing happened. But if my dad isn't on that visit, I'm probably at Oregon and probably have a completely different career. To get the success, like to go to the attorney, yeah. because Colorado ain't been to the attorney, like, since two, early 2000. Yeah. For you to get there and go to the attorney, how, like, how was that for you? How was that experience to be a part of the— NCAA tournament. So that was crazy. We actually had like the most successful stretch in Colorado history. We went to the tournament yeah. every single year. Even the year I was hurt, we started off so crazy that like we still got in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just different. Like it was the highest level of basketball I played. 
you know, like I said, my, my freshman year, Carlin basically took us to the tourney. So a lot of it has to do with him. Like I, I had games and moments and things that were that were really good, but like Carlin was like our guy. Like he was he was who we like really relied on. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was another uh, stepping stone that taught me about consistency. And granted, he was fifth year senior, so he might have even been like twenty two right. at the time. Right. You know what I'm I was like eighteen, but uh, no, nah, that, that was another like learning curve and things like that. So that was huge. And then sophomore year, like. You know, Andre Roberson played really well for us. Uh, Skia Booker, Josh Who's Scott, that? Andre, Andre Roberson. Oh, okay. Nah, I, hey, I said I said this in Detroit. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, the two best rebounders I've ever played with in my life are Andre Drummond and Andre Roberson. Mm-hmm. Both got the same name. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Difference between the two. Know one of them will put hands on them. Though. Yeah. Okay. We well, know yeah. why. We, we know that will happen. We, we know, know why. We know that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> we know that will happen. <laughs> Uh, you had the perfect game. Did you know you had a perfect game that game? Did you know you didn't miss nothing? Oh that game? shit, that's right. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. So they told you after the game, like, man, you know yeah. you ain't missed tonight. Like yeah, a shot, like, uh, a free throw. Uh, I was like, what? The thing about college was, especially sophomore and junior year, I knew I was the guy. Mm. And so there's almost a certain level of like calmness that you have when you're the guy because, you know, you're not pressing like. I got to call the right play every time or I got to make my shots. I'm only going to get two of them. Like, you know, you're going to score, you know, you're going to have the ball. Like, so you're just playing to win. Like, like how can I put my people in the best position to win? Because like, I'm going to end up with 15, 18, 20, 22. Like it's going to happen. Like eventually it's, it's, it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you get in a little bit of a flow or a zone, you start hitting shots and then something like that happens. And they tell you like, you didn't miss a shot or there was an Oregon game, I think, where me and Ski both had 30 and it was like the first time two players two had players 30 at the same time. Yeah. It was something like that. Um, but we we had set like another, we had set a couple of different records and, and things like that. How do you still have the confidence to declare from the draft after coming off of ACL surgery? I mean, it all starts with like the first conversation I had with my mom where she kind of was like, yo, like, just, just do it. Um, Wow. Nike commercial. Bet on but, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but in, in all sense, like sincerely. So that was the day that I got hurt when I landed back in Colorado. And so when she said that, I just started researching. And so at the time, Adrian Peterson was the like standard for ACL recovery six and a half months or so. He was back playing. He had surgery within like a week. Um, and to do that, you have to get the swelling down. So that was like step number one. I think I had surgery in eight days that time. Mm. And then just like stay on top of the process. And I didn't make my decision to declare for the draft probably until March or so because I got about eight weeks past surgery. I got off crutches. The images were, were solid in terms of healing. They said my meniscus was starting to heal and, and, and be back better because I had torn, shoot, ACL, medial meniscus, lateral meniscus, and my MCL. Mm. So it was everything with that one. Yeah, I did that shit too. Yeah, like it was, it was terrible. So... Once I kind of started to see light at the end of the tunnel and people were talking about the draft process and they said, like, you know, are you okay with going in the second round? And to me, I didn't know how the league worked because, mm-hmm. like I said, I had nobody in, in my family being in the league. So I didn't know, like, oh, first-round picture treated like this, top five picture treated like this, mm-hmm. second-round picture treated like this. I just thought, shit, listen. Everybody gets treated I'm going to show up. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and win these, win these ones, figure out the game, and we're going to get it on and rocking. And... Honestly, if I had known the way the NBA works, I'd have left after my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I would have never went back. And I love Colorado. I love you, Coach Boyle. But to all the kids out there, if you are on a board, leave. Mm-hmm. Do not stay. Anybody board. If you are on a board, leave. And mm-hmm. if you get, like, even the slightest bit of a promise in the first round, leave. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, all this run it back stuff, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't do it because 
the way the game works, instead of saying what you could be, they're going to yeah. say what you can't do. Yeah, you can't. So, no shot time any for college. them to criticize and, and be critical. Yeah, yeah, realize no matter what pick you is, if you can't play, you, just, you ain't going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you can done. be no one pick, and if you ain't shit, you ain't going to be there. Oh, though. yeah, nah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, that's pretty much all that happened. They they were like, yo, like, you're going to be in the second round, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to win these well, ones. Like, like, he knows. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be like, look, I know y'all may view me a certain way. I shouldn't have been a second-round pick. I'm here to work and get better and prove to y'all that, like, I am who I was supposed to be. And that was the mentality I had. And, like, he knows. I get my wins when I could. I had some losses. Not in ones. Always win the ones. Except <laughs> for against KD. KD. KD beat me. Other than that, though, ran the table. Any mm-hmm. teammate I had, that's another thing, too. To this day, and people always laugh at this, to this day, any teammate that I've had, I've been them in once. To yeah. get up in the one-on-ones with easy money sniper, the ones that like probably, them, if yeah, not the coldest offensive and, player and, and Durant one-on-ones. Like, how was them one-on-ones for you? Oh, I mean, Kyrie's probably the most skilled basketball player that I've ever seen. It's just that you got to use certain advantages that you have at the time. Right, so I'm six six, six ten, wingspan yeah. and stuff. So, hey, listen, as long as you stay a little solid, make sure you don't put you on skates, which is a hard thing to do because best do. handles ever. You contest high, contest keep, a little keep late, this and just keep, contest. Hope hey, you miss. And hope you miss. And if he miss more than I miss, <laughs> I win. I win. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 so, so don't well, what get about twisted. that seven footer though. So that that's the that's the difficult <laughs> one, uh, especially like with the way that he shoots. Like if you really look closely, it's almost like a Obviously, Lonzo's super exaggerated, right? But he does kind of bring it, like, to the left and then brings it over his head, and obviously he's seven foot. So, I mean, shoot, you just, you try your best. I mean, like you said, he's, depending upon how you view basketball, uh, the first or second best scorer of all time, depending upon if you view Kareem as, like, a scorer, right? Yeah. right? But, like, in terms of scoring versatility from, like, paint, mid-range, three, deep threes, et cetera, like, nah, like, he's got the entire package, and he's seven foot, he's really a seven foot so two he, guard. So, when right. he's jumping, he don't even see you. No. No. And then and the other you know, the, the other the other cold no, part I can attest. I got it. He kicks his leg out. So like you talking about seven foot slight fade, kick the leg he out. Like, bro, see you. No. no. You're not even there. You got you got to try to do your work early. Yeah, you got to do your work You got to do your work early and then cuz once he gets to his shot, if you can't stop it, then yeah, he's, you, he don't see you. So that's that's how I took uh my only one-on-one loss. Coming to the league and going up down G League, coming back up Teams waving you, yeah. bringing you back. When did it click? Like I know, I know it clicked with the Nets, but what clicked in like how an NBA team is structured? Because now this is your third team, yeah. And you kind of been up and down. You see the little the favoritism in the locker oh, room. Yeah. You see yeah. who's value, who's not. You see where you can succeed in and where that's not successful for you. You know, you see the guys who party. You see yeah. the guys who don't party. <laughs> yeah. You see the guys who work. So for you to go up and down, up and down, you had to figure out a pattern yeah. with some team, you yeah. know what I'm saying, to get that click to start having the opportunity to have your career be successful in this. Oh, yeah. When did it click with the Nets to come off and, and it was like, yeah, this is it. I can see my Nets. Yeah. I think everything, as crazy as it sounds, everything I needed to learn, I learned in Detroit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like it was, shoot, two-a-days, three-hour practices each session like it was tough right rookies didn't get treatment times like just all type stuff right so you learn basically like the like bare knuckles like hard way through the league right Mm -hmm. but also straight shoes at the same time so you're like okay like all right is this what the nba is like i went to chicago 
they sat me down right after they traded for Michael Carter Williams. I'm on a non-guaranteed deal or whatever. And they said, we're going to keep you. And I looked at them and said, you just traded for Michael Carter Williams. He was the rookie of the year. We're both 6'6 point guards. He gets paid, like I think, maybe like $3 million. I think I was on like a $400,000 non-guaranteed. Yeah. I wouldn't keep me. Yeah. Business-wise. Business-wise. Two days later, they cut me. I'm like, there's no reason to even lie like that. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here saying, <laughs> I, business-wise, I wouldn't do that. You just yeah. trade for the rookie of the year. Yeah. Why would you keep me? Right? So then you learn kind of that difference. I would say what, what saved my career and got some of the love back was when I chose not to go to China to make some money. I went to Windy City. G League. Um, yeah, G League. Nate Linzer, my coach, sat me down and was like, look, I know the G League's a grind. I know you, I just saw you through training camp. You should be on the NBA roster. Um, as long as you respect me and you don't come down here like, you know, I should be in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you the ball and I'll let you get yourself out of here. I looked at him and said, what? He was like, that's all I asked. I said, all right, well, I'm going to do everything in my power to win you some games, coach. And went down there and it was my show. I got to rock. I got back to like playing because I hadn't had a chance to rock since being hurt. Yeah. You know, I went straight from being hurt in 2014. You know what I'm saying? Sitting on the bench, 2014, 15, sitting on the bench, 2015, 16, getting cut in the 16, 17 season, basically mm -hmm. playing 2016 ish, 17 in the mm -hmm. D League and then getting signed to the Nets late. And from there, it was just taking the principles that I learned in Detroit. You show up two hours before practice, you stay two hours after. You know what I'm saying? These are all things that I learned how to be a pro in Detroit. So like in a lot of ways, it set the stage for everything that you guys see now because I learned how to be a pro in the hardest system possible. Yeah. So I went to the Nets and it was easy. I just was a pro. I just did my thing. I was yeah. still the same guy. I still had the same confidence, but I learned the habits and the standards and the manners and all the other stuff and said, I'm going to put everything on the line. And then I was fortunate enough and kind of knock on wood that I'm not fortunate enough because guys got hurt, you know? Yeah, and, right. and when they got hurt, and because I was on a bad team, they said, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll give Spence a chance. Yeah, opportunity. Yeah, like, they didn't go sign somebody because it was win now mode or whatever. They just said, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, here, we'll give Spence a chance. And I was like, yo, like, I'm not letting this one go. Right, exactly. Like, period. But that's, I feel like that's the old school mentality because a lot of guys in the old school mentality, they make guys go through them steps yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But these days, a lot of guys can skip so many steps. Oh, yeah. That you get the few like you that go in the second round that's just as good as the first round player. They got to go to this G League, go to it because the uh, organization just don't believe in them. Not yeah. that you're not good enough. Yeah. They just don't believe in you yet yeah. to succeed like that. I think what he just said speaks to, you know, we always talk about, but I think it stamps it, gives it a stamp of approval in a different way. We always talk about how Miami is one of those places, yeah. right? Where Nine times out of ten, if you're the right type of player and if you're trying to do the right thing, if you get drafted there, yeah. we literally For feel life. like you have a, I don't know how much percent, but a way better chance and you're going to get a, a, a base. You're going to get a foundation set sure. of how to be a professional and how to carry yourself. And it's going to, like you said, it's the hardest of circumstances. So after this, everything the is easy. Yeah, so yeah. you got the same thing coming. And I, and I always put, you know, Stan in that family because he's from the, from the, tree, yeah, yeah. From, the, from the family tree of that. And he handled this business, yeah. I like identical almost to the Miami situation. Yeah. So what you came into was that exact thing, and you're sitting here saying that it prepared you, even though you weren't one of the guys. You struggled up and down, yeah. this and that, and it didn't, so to speak, go your way in Detroit. But the things that you learned there from that system and from oh, yeah. the way Stan goes about it and demands things from you, that set you up for everything else along the way. 
1,000%. Like, as hard as it was to go through that, and as much as at the time me and Stan bumped heads, like, he definitely set the stage in terms of, like, teaching me how to be a pro just from the, the system and the culture. Because, like, you go from tape shoot-arounds, two, three-hour practices a day, to no shoot-arounds, you know, show up at the gym when you want, whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That could be good and bad. Because yeah. if, if you're not really if about you your action, your work in, yeah. and you're not putting your work in, then you fall off. And so for me, seeing like, okay, this is what it could really mean to be a pro. And if I really love this game the way I say I do, and I really have wanted this since four years old, am I going to learn from it? And then this again goes back to like the confidence and the mentality and all that stuff. Like I can say BJ busted my ass in fives, or I can say I won every one-on-one. I can say I never played in Detroit, or I can say they taught me valuable lessons. Look, I never played in Detroit. Right. No bones about it. Like that's that's just the facts of the matter. But they taught me how to be a pro. And so when I got to Brooklyn and they said, all right, no shoot-arounds, everybody's on their own, blah, blah. And you see some guys that were averaging a little bit more points a game but then wanted to go party and took advantage of no shoot-arounds so they could stay out later or whatever it is. No, my process stays the same. On off days, I come lift. I get in the sauna. I do this. I have a shot routine. You know what I'm saying? Night before, I want to go to the arena, fill, fill out the arena and all the other stuff. Like just every single day. You give me this free time, I'm going to maximize it. And those foundations beyond my parents, obviously, were built in Detroit. Now, I'm glad to hear you say that, man, because my man, you, I feel like Stan got a raw deal in New Orleans and all that. Even in Detroit, you know, we was there. But, yeah. like, I'm a huge believer, man. When I went to Miami and then, you know, obviously I went to Orlando after that. But, like, when I got there, I was like, I was looking around like, yo. Yeah. Like, if I would have been exposed to this from day one, yeah. like, my whole career would have been different. For sure. And I saw that. Remember, we saw that when L.O. left. L.O. was with us one, two, three years. Then he left and went to Miami for one year and came back to the Lakers and was like a different dude. I was like, yeah. that one year did that to him. And then once I got there, all I had was one year. And I saw what it felt. Yeah. Then I followed it up and went to Stan. And the thing I appreciated about Stan, Spo, and that whole type of, like you said earlier, you've experienced it. Somebody who, regardless of whether it's in your favor or not, this person is telling you the truth. Yeah. And you know that they telling you the truth. And it yeah. ain't like, you know, the one thing I always respect about Stan is that it ain't, this ain't got nothing to do with whether I like you or not. Exactly. If you're going to help me win a game, you're going to yeah. play. And as long you're as you're doing game. the right things and you can help me win, I don't care what. You can play. Yeah. It was never personal. So, like, when you say that, though, all those things speak volumes to me because I always felt like that. It's good to hear somebody who it didn't necessarily work out for exactly. there, but you still acknowledge what that foundation for was sure. laid out for you and what it did. So that's dope to hear. Like, I know you had them up and downs the first couple of years with you, but uh, that year that it started clicking and, and D'Angelo Russell started swerving and yeah. uh, LeVert, y'all whole squad, y'all made the playoffs, y'all started making some noise yeah. in the league. Like, how fun was that season? Because it looked yeah. like y'all was a fun team to watch. Who was you know out there gaming people, game talking winners. bad. Y'all <laughs> beating big people and y'all yeah. putting up big-time buckets yeah. on people. So it looked like y'all was just having so much fun. And I know that was probably the first year you finally got some taste of success Oh yeah, with that team. How fun was that season for you? Oh, that's been the most fun season of my career, for right sure. Up. So that was 18, 19 mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, even though I played better in, in 1920. Got yeah. a bag, got a 34, little, you know, little, <laughs> know little pocketbook money, yeah, you know. know King, do not take it. away my pocketbook money. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but 18, 19, it was just it was just such a different like collection of guys. Like 
got to credit Jared Dudley as the vet. Mm-hmm. We had Ed Davis, who was a, a great vet. Uh, Shabazz, great mm-hmm. person. Like, Rondé Hodge Jefferson has missed, understood as he is. Phenomenal dude to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Harris, quality guy. Jared Allen. And then, obviously, you got the three of us yeah. who, are, who are, you know what I'm saying, putting in most of the buckets. But, like, you know, it's just the team, the camaraderie of it. And when you, when you talk to OGs a lot, they talk about missing that kind of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the most special, like, group we had. And probably also because, like, you know, we all kind of felt like peers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we kind of approached it as that. And it, it just had a different different vibe to it, honestly. It was, it was fun, though. Yeah, I look like y'all had a ball. Y'all dancing on the yeah. sideline. Yeah, like, yeah. Y'all, it was wild. I was really rooting for each other's success. You know, that reminded me of that, that when that's we what... was younger. And teams have success when you just rooting for, yeah. you know, y'all was counted out every fucking game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys came from teams where they didn't want them. They didn't feel like they was being successful. All y'all was talented and y'all showed it and y'all clicked with it. Yeah. Especially with you, D'Angelo, and Levert. Yeah. Like, I thought that was real special for how y'all so much bucket getters, but y'all look for each other yeah. in that. So that was a special season for me. I'm definitely. That's why I feel like you think you, you say y'all felt like peers because it was kind of. All of y'all was at the same point, trying to get out the blocks, yeah. trying to become who y'all becoming yeah. and all of that stuff. So how was it for you to be able to go to All-Star and be a part of the, you know, the the the, the skills competition and actually win it? Oh, that was a lot of fun because um, when the opportunity came up, it, it wasn't really on my radar. I didn't think it was, it was something that I was going to be like kind of invited to do. And then it was also in L.A. So mm-hmm. when I won, like my family was there and everybody yeah, kind of went crazy. And, yeah. yeah, so it was a cool little... Uh, little thing and then you just realize like when you're in the all-star weekend in general you just kind of get a little bit different respect now there's no level because the yeah, actual you game in but, the, but nah, that's what yeah. you watch forever growing up that's what yeah. i'm saying you you actually got the moment that some of the greatest players in yeah. the game don't get to stand up there on that stage by themselves and hold, and hold yeah. up whatever trophy it is so i, I mean i got yeah. to win a three-point contest so i that's still a lot of respect because like for me you know what i'm saying that's a, a moment that you watched a million times. Definitely. On TV growing up, we all watched the All-Star Game, All-Star Game, and it's like, you got that moment. You get to stand up there with a trophy, you get interviewed. Like, that's, like, you know what I'm saying, a culmination to me. Skill-wise, like, uh, you're an attacker. Like, you deep in attack. Who put that mentality? I watched you come out of of college, and you know how you see these guys that come from small colleges, like uh, Colorado, Tennessee, Baylor, stuff like that, guys like that. And you'd be like, man, he might, he done won. Like, he a yeah. dog because we watched you all in college. And, you know, it slows down in the NBA. But who put the mentality of, like, the attack? Because when I watch your game, like, your attack is serious. <laughs> like, uh, probably probably my dad, really. My dad, uh, he should have played sports that were uh, not team-oriented because mm-hmm. he just out there, like, I don't understand, Spence. If you can, yeah, if you, you can, want you to beat the person. If you can beat the person in front of you, beat him. And I'm like, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a team game. He's like, no, but I don't get it. If you can beat him, then just beat him mm-hmm. like that. And he would say that to me like since I was a kid, and I would always try to tell him like, yo, it's a little different than that, but you know. And so I think you take pieces of those conversations and that's the way he was. Like, you can beat him, beat him. And slow down. Like, uh, Brandon Roy got drafted to Portland when I was there and one of the things that I loved about him, his control of his pace. Yeah. He know how to go fast. He know how to go medium. He know how to slow it down just to get off the screen and just cut it back up. Yeah. That's things I see in you 
two, where you get the stop and go, the speeds, the level. Yeah. You don't be out trying to be the fastest out there. You don't be the slowest. Yeah. But you know when to turn it up, when to get in your spots and what makes you succeed on the court. Where you get that from? Honestly, I would say probably just being a fan of the game first. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've watched basketball, like I said, and played since I was four years old. And so you start to see like, all, like you said, Brandon Roy is super effective doing it that way. Kobe was super effective doing yeah. it another way. Then you got great point guards doing it in, in a variety of different ways. Magic Johnson, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Just all, all these different players, Penny Hardaway, et cetera. And so you're like, hold on, like, I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to be a speed demon. I also don't have to do this. Like, yeah. I really can't, if I can start to see the game yeah. the way that these greats started to see it, and I know a couple steps ahead, I know if I step here, the entire defense is going to go that way. Yeah. And it's all about, like, prediction, too. If I know you're playing drop coverage or whatever it is, okay, now yeah. I know when I come off this screen, I'm going to have this entire lane open. I can sway the defense. Yeah, I, I can, can sway the defense, move him, yeah. all this other stuff. He's going to ice me. I'm already gone as soon as he shifts his feet. As That's soon as he plays uphill. You chest and checkers, There man. you go. <laughs> you got a dog with you now. Yeah. You know, that boy from the loo, just because you ain't no Q. You know, he from the loo. You got another dog with you now. now you Every and, you time. And, and y'all so similar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in height and built. Yeah. Everything, the way y'all work, mid-range, outside, yeah. you know, off the dribble, off the screen. Like how excited for you to just, you know, go to a new team, you know, yeah. new contract, new start, coming off of ACL, have a guy like Bradley Bill with you and, and ready to build for the future. How is that for you? I mean, a couple of things, obviously, like for me, from an organization perspective, I've never been in a situation where they had that much confidence in me. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm one B, which is which is dope. Yeah. Right. And and so I'm excited and want to push my limits. Right. Yeah. In terms of Brad as our one A, like I've never played consistently with somebody as good as him. Right. Like mm -hmm. Obviously, we have KD, Kyrie and shoot now even Harden yeah. on, on the Nets roster. But remember, like I didn't get a chance to, to yeah. play with him like that. Like, I played with yeah. Kyrie, I think, 15 games or something like that the year that he struggled with the shoulder. And then I didn't play really at all yeah. last year. So if you take that kind of out, Bill's definitely the best player I've played with. Right. And, you know, a guy that led the league in scoring, like, and can get not just 30, 40 in any <laughs> night. 40, 50. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, I, I think for me, it's like, uh, it's fun. One, it's, you know what I'm saying, exciting. I think there's also going to be a lot of ways I can learn from him. You know what I mean? Like, he's reached a level in the NBA that I haven't reached. You know, like I would say my, my highest level in 1920, I was 20 and, and led a team to the playoffs, but I never made an all-star game or an all-NBA team. You know what I'm saying? These are things that he's done. So, you know, I still have two more levels that I hope to reach, yeah. you know what I'm saying, at some point in time. And, and you know, if anything I can learn from, even though we're the same age, like he's played at that level and, yeah. and sustained it. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. How optimistic are you about this year? I mean, I feel like they, you know, reunite with our boy KCP. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He going to yeah. be out there in the mix. We know he a dog. Got Trez. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like y'all made out with some good pieces. Cool's coming. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? How you feel about, you know, the outlook of the season coming up? I think um, definitely our goal should be playoffs. I don't know which seed and, and, and that type of prediction stuff like health and things are going to matter a oh, ton and, and all that. But and all yeah, like, you know, but playoffs should definitely be our goal. You know, we have depth. I think we want to see Rui continue to take next steps. I think he's going to be nice. Like yeah. Drew, Drew Gooden is my neighbor and he does broadcast for y'all. He calls yeah. the game. So we talk about y'all team like y'all got y'all got a lot of. You know, like young, Solid untapped bro. talent. Yeah. Like, I'm excited to see Thomas Bryan get healthy and get yeah. back in the fold because he was Doing coming on too, before yeah. he got hurt. And uh, I think y'all got a nice crew, man. I think you know how it go. Like, 
people gonna predict what they predict, but you know how it is when you get in that locker room. Exactly. I think if y'all lock it in together, y'all could do some shit. Nah, for sure. I'm with you. I think um we we have to establish a culture, a standard. You know what I'm saying? Obviously that's on Bill and then myself to spearhead that. But we have a lot of time. I mean, remember Kuz was a 17, 18 points a game mm-hmm. scorer in the league. Like, like I said, Rui, you want to take next steps. Gafford's uh, a guy in that Jared Allen mold, right? Like who just Jared Allen's got a hundred men. You know what I mean? So Gaffrey like athletic as hell. Oh uh, yeah. Like run the floor, block shots, dunk it, you know what I'm saying? Good hands, all that stuff. So like we gotta come together. We have a lot of steps to go. Like it is it's not a finished product. It's not a, you know, just walk out on the floor and in, in Milwaukee Bucks nets type stuff. But like we we have a chance. And and Bill being a forty point type threat. score, <laughs> threat, you always gotta punch his chance. You, you, you got a good chance. You, you got forty and hopefully twenty from me, you got sixty yeah. on the board. So like let's let's get let's, it right. Let's, let's get it right. Last year, the playoffs and the whole playoffs and all this stuff was so hype. Yeah. How much hurt did you lose? <laughs> Knowing like, man, I wish I can get out there and just play for yeah. my and team. how close were you? You was flirting. I saw like, I followed I, you. Yeah, I heard yeah. you. You was, was acting like, with, like you might have been, been able to, to get out there nah, or something. Like how that, close was that? Very. Like, uh, you know, my agent would cringe at that all the time because he wanted me, you know what I'm saying, to wait because of free agency and whatnot. But not nah, very close. Like, if, if we could have got past that round like I was going to report back go through like all the progressions and and try to get back playing when I took the 335 2018 that was a whole goal like build towards a championship type roster because yeah. you know obviously you wait till free agency you probably get more than what 12 million a year but um that was the goal and so to be right at that goal and to have it kind of in your hands but understand it like Andrew's not just even to myself we got Harden with the hamstring yeah, yeah. Kyrie with the ankle you know what I'm saying myself like that's you know, Harden's a 30 point a game score. Kyrie's a 25 point a game score, and I was a 20 point a game score. Like, that's 75 points. I, I, I saw your out. quote. You said, listen, it, I guaranteed if it was the no injuries, y'all, y'all <laughs> running away with it. all this no. other talking about nothing. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> even regardless of myself, even no, if you were not there, no just injuries to Harden and Kyrie, I'd have had a ring. Yeah. Then, obviously, you know, and selfishly adding myself on top of that, for sure winning a ring. Yeah. For sure, like that. What's that feeling though? Like to be on a team like that, like to know, like in the beginning of the season, even though, even though like you say, you you weren't able to be yeah. out there. Like when it, when you watching this comb there, you like, am I about to get a ring? Oh, there like, wasn't a doubt in my mind. Think, like there how was, was that there process? Was, there was not a doubt in my mind. There was not you a like, doubt. It's done. It's a- <laughs> bro. There was not a doubt in my mind. You and, and people, man, I had people from my hood talking about, "Hey, you about to get a GM's ring, not a player's ring, because like you right, ain't playing." Play. And I was like, "Bro, I don't so care. I don't care. I come in the box. I'm getting fitted. Which finger you want, boss? Like, come on, man. That's that, I had not a doubt in my mind. I just know as a player, I know especially when you're on the team, you just. And you know what your team is going through yeah. during them times and seeing how close they was just without all that. Yeah. I know you just, you lose her. Oh, yeah. Like, man, I can, if I was and, out there in that moment. For sure. And you know, being for through, sure. you know, four, five seasons, you get a kind of a feel. This ain't easy. Like, this no. is crazy to be no. in to have a chance. I feel like you are a perfect example to everybody to stay the course. Yeah. Keep fighting, keep believing, keep going because of everything. Like, look at your story. You know what I'm saying? You should have been a lottery pick. You, you yeah. blew out your knee. You probably would have been picked way higher before yeah. that. Then, you know what I'm saying? Get to the league. Things don't go your way. Then you get back on. You grind, get out the league, all the way yeah. out to the G League. And you still, like, for me, I feel like you the picture for any kid out there that's going yeah. through anything. Kid that just 
flew out his knee, tore his shoulder or whatever, yeah. and it's like he down thinking he out. Like, you are a prime example in a, yeah. a picture of, like, it ain't over. You are an example for all of these kids, and you are somebody they could look up to, like, because you ain't got to be you the number one pick. You an underdog, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be the number one pick. You ain't got to be this. You ain't got to be the guy, the feature, to keep going. Yeah. I'm looking at your training, how you went through it this year, like, to see how you was shredded. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I saw you, you came in the door physically and everything. You got bigger, you got stronger, yeah. everything, explosiveness. Do you ever look at it like that? I would say sometimes in, like, the quiet moments when I'm talking to my parents, like, they'll talk like that. But a lot of times I think when when you're running the race, you get kind of caught up in the race. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So in tunnel vision. Yeah, like, you always had the next step. Like, for example, when I got hurt this time, my whole goal was I wanted to have the fastest ACL recovery in history, and I wanted to make it back for the championship, like, if I could. That, that was the goal. And I felt like if I set that goal, which was, you know, way up here, even if I missed it by a little bit, I'd be fine for free agency. I'd be fine for next season. I'd be right. fine for... But then, obviously, to do some of that, then that's when, like, the conversation with my parents will come about. Like, because when the Nets got knocked out and I was going to, like, go on vacation, my parents had that conversation with me. Like, do you realize, like, you you just had a fast ACL recovery in history? And I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I did. But, like, my, my goal was, like, I want to get back to the championship. Like, because even if I'm only paying 10 minutes a game, like, to be out there, to experience right. that. Because I'm thinking, like I said, there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> you like, knew y'all was, was it. There was not a doubt in my mind. Like, if if Harden and Kyrie play. That's a and, tough And fight. I'm not playing. Like, like we, we going win still. We yeah. still winning. So if I'm getting out there in 10 minutes and just experiencing it, the championship, just the, the focus being locked in, the dedication in the atmosphere, all that other stuff, like, I'm like, shit, like, that's something I can't pass up. If I have a shot, I'm taking that shot because we're going to win regardless. But I definitely want to be a part of it if I can. People got to just know, like, when it's in a team sport, like, man, 10 minutes is an important 10 yeah. minutes on yeah, any like championship Yeah, if I can get out there and team. take a charge. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's important. Yeah. Like, let me tell you this. Uh, say this. Um, tell them how, how important it is for, like, the weight room. You know, like yeah. a lot of these kids feel like you can just go in the gym and shoot a thousand shots and nah. you're just going to automatically <laughs> be good. And... They leave out the weight room part of it. I was one yeah. of them kids that we I didn't grow up in weight rooms. Yeah. I just grew up in the gyms. You yeah. know, I feel like that's why my injuries got yeah. to my injuries because I didn't keep my body as strong as a LeBron and some of these guys. Oh, so that's, that's the different. reason they have long longevity. <laughs> yeah. You know For what I'm sure. saying? I seen you this summer. Like, I follow you. I seen you this summer, man. I, some of the stuff you was doing, <laughs> I'm talking about jumping from box to box and all this. Yeah. I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, tell them how important... That part of even though if you had an ACL and you had to do it that, yeah. but you still even when you don't got an ACL, exactly. you got to put that same type For of work sure. in. And tell them how important that is. I mean, first I'll shout out Mike G, my my trainer, because yeah. you know obviously he challenging yeah. you, push Mike yeah, G, but Mike G, <laughs> there you go, Mister Do It, moving on Instagram. <laughs> but but nah, I mean to your point, I think I think you said it right. It, it comes down to durability. I learned that after my first ACL, um, and obviously going to Detroit and all that stuff, and I think I had a very high durability up until this last one, like just the games played and all that other stuff. I had like a hand injury one time, but that's kind of, you know, what yeah. it is. But I think the guys who really dedicate to their body, eat right, get enough sleep, are in the weight room and stuff like that. Cook their own meals and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, know hey, listen, fake no, chef, hey, homeboy, hey, RD the, over here. At this table, 
there is one person who is the best at working <laughs> a, a big green egg and grilling and stuff, and that would be hey, unequivocally. You, you might got the egg off you. He might have seen see, the egg hey, from you and got it off saying, you, man. I ain't hey, seen this it until to, to Orlando. He came from Detroit and he had an egg there. First I'm of all, I had a green like, egg while he was still in college. Before he even afford the thing, I had a green egg. Don't disrespect me like that. I haven't seen him with it, man. Hey, you know what I'm saying? All I know is I'm the best griller at the table. Anyway, no, but but in all honesty, like you said, man, I think, you know, some people talk about getting too buff or being too strong or whatever. No, like the weight room, the biggest key that it gives you is that durability. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously part of this game is being available, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're not the number one guy. Like if you're number one guy, you can kind of be injured and miss games and, and do different things. But one of the pieces to my career was when that person did get hurt, whether it's Jeremy Lin or Sean Kilpatrick or D'Angelo Russell or even Karras, like I was always ready. Like, yeah. and I was available. I wasn't like, ah, you know, my ankle sore tonight. I can't go either. Yeah. And so they go down the bench again and say, you know, we're going to give it to Shabazz Napier or Chris Chose or whatever. No, hey, listen, I'm here. The guys that they say is the best players, the Kobe's, yeah. the Jordan's, the LeBron, they are monsters yeah. in their weight room. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of these young kids think they run into the gym and they working on move after move. But you see Jordan change his body and be yeah. a different player when he – going against Detroit. You see Kobe in there. They think Kobe, yeah, he showed up to the gym late, but he hitting that weight room exactly. just as much as he hitting that gym. And exactly. with LeBron spending million dollars on his body oh, every year. That's different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like... That's next level. Yeah, yeah that's Brian, next level. That's you you, you, you got to do you that. You got to have the 90 million out of high school to be able to spend a couple million go, on your body. You go. I was like, bro, I, shoot, I just now can afford that. Like, hey, look. Hey, look, that ain't I'm no lie. Eight, nine years in the league, I just now can afford it. <laughs> look, speaking on Kobe, right? You a L.A. kid. I know yeah. firsthand, I don't think you've ever won anything. Well, actually, you have. After you got your own situation, yeah, yeah, you had yeah. before your own shoe situation, yeah, you time. had nothing but Kobe. Mm-hmm. So you wore number eight. You changed the 26. Tell me the significance of Kobe and the impact he had on you and your basketball career. So, you know, we we all have idols or people that we look up to. And, like, I talked a little bit about my family. Nobody played basketball. It was academics and all this other stuff. So you look for kind of that that figure that you can attach to in the lane you want to go down. And Kobe was by far that guy, right? Like I said, I started playing basketball at four. That's basically right when he got into the league. You know what I'm saying? He got in the league in 96. I was born in 93. Mm-hmm. You know, a Lakers fan through and through, LA guy. Like I grew up with his career. Like all of the pieces, like when you talk about perseverance, like that starts with my parents. But then when your favorite player has, you know, the mama mentality and then the, you know, I play with a broken finger and I, I keep going and nothing stops me. And I work out, I get up at 6 a.m. and work out. And all, like those stories, like as a child, like you start to aspire to be I'm that. Stuck. Yeah, and they with stick you. with you. And so yeah. you got, you know, your parents pushing you in a, in a certain lane and you, and you believe in them, but then you got your, like, basketball idol, right? And so you go through that process, like, chasing that dream, chasing that ghost in, in a sense. And and obviously we played different positions, so there it wasn't so much, like, chasing his career path, but, like, just in terms of how he, like, approached the game and thought about it and how can I be 1% better and, you know, just stuff like that. Like, that's where you get a lot of that from, too. How was it? I want to say I was there when you first met him. Was that oh, yeah. Ryan introduced you? Who, who uh, did that? No, no, no. BJ did. BJ, BJ. BJ I yeah. remember. So look, I remember we at the game, <laughs> and I remember for the game, he like, yo, yo, if I just get in the, f- like, just get in there, <laughs> he was yeah. chipping, right? <laughs> so I remember, like, you know, the game, and I remember BJ, like, oh, 
Dude comes calling yeah. him over and I remember him being a deer in headlight. Like, tell me, walk me through that moment. I remember seeing it and us laughing and, you know, cracking yeah. jokes. But, like, tell me, you, that kid that's been watching him forever, like, when you got to meet him and you in the NBA too, yeah. like, how was that for you? Well, so for me, it was it was crazy because obviously, like, your parents always teach you, like, you know, you fear no man, every man bleeds. Like, you don't start nothing, but you finish <laughs> it. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm saying? No, I'm saying, like, it, there was, for, because of the way, like, my basketball career, just life and all that stuff, it panned out, like, that was the the exception. That was the one exception. And then also because his career was also kind of ending as I was coming in, so I yes. never really had to, like, play him playing for real. So, like, a LeBron and stuff where like a lot of my boys like oh my god it's LeBron it's like bro I gotta go play that man yeah, I ain't, I ain't hear none of that can't give him no yeah, right, right, right. Right. you know yeah. what I'm saying whereas like there was never gonna be a time where me and Kobe really had to like cross go paths yeah. like competitively so he just got to remain like the guy yeah and so when you know they called me over and it was time to like meet him for real not just like a kid like oh hey can I get this autograph but like like eye to eye like hey like I'm Spencer. Hey. What's up? Like, it was like, I, I was, you know, I'm 12 years old again. You know what I'm saying? In, in a sense. And then actually getting to like talk to him a little bit more, like later as I started to hoop a little bit more and, and kind of having some, a different level of respect. Like, I talked about that moment in, uh, for the Hawks game. Like, and for him to like acknowledge me as like, nah, like, bro, like you really doing your thing. Like, it was like, hold on, wait. Like, I know you we spoke. Me? Yeah, I know we spoke a little bit. You I know we kind of text a little some? bit, but like, wait, like, you've been watching, like, I thought you were just being nice. Like, you actually watch me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was kind of crazy. So, that was the one person from a basketball perspective that was just, it's just always separate. You know what I'm saying? And and that's not a shot at a LeBron or even a shot at like a Michael. Yeah. It's just like how I grew up. How I came you know around, what I'm saying? Yeah. How was it for him to tell you in 2020 when you was that close, like, that you were all star in my book? Like, yeah. Cold, yeah. Like, yo, MJ, nah, that's, yo. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like that that moment right there was crazy because, like, you know, I I had gotten to a point where like I, I could text him every now and then, stuff like that. Like that's probably starting like 2018 or so. And, and you know, he offered me like or said like, hey, like you know, when you're in LA, like let's catch up. And I never mm. really got a chance to do that. But even when he says like I was watching, like you're like, come on, like you ain't you ain't, you ain't really watching the, the Nets. Like, <laughs> I see everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you you like all right, bro. But like you know, Bruce really, Wayne, he see everything. Man. Yeah, nah, I've, I've heard some of Bruce Wayne, so that's crazy. <laughs> yes. But uh, nah. But when he said it, you know what I'm saying? And really from a genuine perspective, you know, looking me in the eye, like nah, Spence, like you really doing your thing. Like you like you all star my boy. I was like, hold on, like the man give me the real respect. Like mm. like hey like. See, I'm, doing it. I'm glad real. he's saying this because this is no different than we came into the league and, and it was MJ. Yeah. And I'm sure for the younger guys coming in, they looking at LeBron like yeah. whoever you you speaking of it from a different generation. But we've said it time and time again on this show, like when you come into the NBA and Kobe was even that like as a peer for us, it doesn't matter when whoever has that title is the dude. Yeah. When that dude is the dude, every single body else want to be seen by the dude. For sure. Like you're not sure. just out here just doing he it. You want to be sure. known. Like nah, he need to know. I'm a. I'm one of them. Like oh, yeah. you know, what I'm saying when you, no matter how it comes across, when you feel that they see you, that's a different. Oh, Talk sure. about that feeling. Like oh. when you feel. Oh wait, he acknowledged me. He know. Oh man, listen that validation because especially like I said with like my career path and like being counted out and never being McDonald's or All Star or whatever. There's not very many people that you look at and hear good things from or, or sing your praise or whatever. Right. So you start to say like, all right, I'm going to get validation from my parents. <laughs> One day I want to get validation from Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to get validation from dropping 40 on this specific player. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll start to like, my first start in, in Brooklyn was against the Cavs. 
And so, like, I was like, oh, like, I need to beat LeBron in my first start. Like, that mm-hmm. was, so you're, you're picking these moments, and it's not about what everybody else is saying, because you already know they're going to tell you that you exactly. suck. Exactly. Like, that's never going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah they're not going to tell me good stuff. But I'm going to pick these moments, and if, if I really do what I need to do, like, these moments will happen. And so you think these things, and you hold on to these things, almost like a child, right? So when he says that, you know what I mean? It's like, wait, hold on. No, 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 wait, wait. Like, you really watch me. Like, you know I've been hooping? Like, I mean, I know I've been hooping, but you know I've been hooping. Mm-hmm. That's you know the saying? race that, the, that yeah. the common fan don't see. Like, talking to Tatum the other day. Obviously, he went down against the Nets this year. Yeah. Y'all knew what he was on. Though. Oh, yeah. And he was felt. You feel me? Like, that's yeah. that fight. And then you see when they eliminate the Celtics, you see Harden. You see Kyrie. I mean, obviously, Kyrie going to do it. But you see all of those main dudes you go up to respect. Tatum to pay that respect. Yeah. Like, boy... Like, we know JB was, you was out oh, here yeah. kind of winging it, but like, well, you gave us everything we wanted. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, as a as a player, like, I feel like that's why we exist on this podcast yeah. right now. Because us as young boys, yeah. we didn't win a lot. Yeah. We didn't go and, you know, shake up the league in that term of like winning championships or going and contending or going to play. Like, we just made noise because we was Ball. Exactly. I know what you mean. Like, cause I, I was watching it. You was game marks, but I'm like, damn. Spencer, like, I'm talking about for real. I, you remember a couple times I hit you? Yeah. Like, hey, I see you, boy. Yeah. You, you got yeah. got your shit going. Like, yeah. I see you. And it was cool and dope to see, especially the way it happened. Like, see you go out, be completely out. Yeah. And I feel like people, you know what I'm saying? Some people in your story won't acknowledge that and understand what that oh, part of nah, it nah. meant. Because I, they, I some chance. people yeah. just think it's just like, boom, boom. Oh, this happened. No, no. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, Mm-mm. this is an integral part right here. When you yeah. like, I'm in the G League. I'm not on assignment. No. I'm in the, like you said, you said you could have took some money in China and you came here. Different. You Tell are, me you are, what that is like, bro. When you're when you're when you're on assignment in the G League, I might as well be LeBron when I go down there. They're gonna right. give me the five star hotel. They're gonna put them in the Holiday and They're gonna put me in the Four Seasons. Now, I never they gonna, knew that. What? So wait, you don't even stay in the same living conditions what? as them when you go down. You you big what? balling and you. So that's what? a. No, 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 it's it's look, like that's like an you unsavory go, situation. Yeah, no, you, you go from you go from being the the fifteenth man. To LeBron to no in, the, in the G League, and they they run all the plays for you, all this other stuff. And it's you know like whoever been the man, they got to sit here and watch. Yeah, and they got to sit there and watch. And so there's this is weird little friction, and so you kind of go down there. It's like it's, it's kind of weird, but you're like, all right, whatever. I'm only gonna be down here two, three games, whatever. And you bounce when you go down there for real, right? That's it. You're there. No like, more four seasons. Nah, you know how they end. You sharing a room, the whole nine, double beds, like all that. You got a roommate? What? Your bed right here, his bed right there, what? y'all share the same bathroom. What? Oh hell no. What? Listen, right, listen. Man. You got six hour bus rides. At one time we were we were done playing in I think like Grand Rapids and took a six hour bus ride to like Erie, Pennsylvania, something like that. Like there's all types of stuff that goes on, man. Mm. Like it's different. And remember, like if you're if you're looking at China, you're like, oh, I can go get I forget what the offer was. It was yeah, it's probably I think I think mine was only like a million. At least something. one. Yeah, it was it was one something. Like, go to China or you can get $25,000 play in the G League. Like that's a, you looking at it like. Big slice of humble pie. And you looking at it like, boy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that dream for me or should I just take this back? You know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, you string together four, five, six China years, you get a little tax free bread. You, you start to plot out like, okay, I could have a nice little life. Like, it could all work out okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? You put a couple million dollars away. You're a smart guy. You'll figure it out. Like, you're starting to think something in, in that route. And you're, you're like, hold on. 
I didn't settle and go to Harvard. Why the, why the fuck would I settle now? Like, we're going to take this $25,000. we are going to try to roll these dice and make it shake. And like I said. Oh, right there. Yeah. Nate Linzer, my, my D-League coach, helped save the entire situation. But, nah, that's super, super slice of humble pie. Like, I'm in there sharing rooms with actually one of my friends from L.A., Wesley Saunders. Like, it was crazy. Let me ask you this. Like, you know how uh, some teams, you know, they want a basketball player to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. They don't want a basketball player to have a brain. Yeah. Sometimes it's intimidating when you see a basketball player that actually got a brain in his yeah. head and speak up for itself. Yeah. Sometimes some people take that as being arrogant when that's yeah. not being arrogant. It's just thinking for myself. I yeah. know what I want to do. How is that for you to have teams that know that about you, that know that, oh, he's going to think for himself. He's not the guy that do that. And try to lightweight, I don't want to say use the word discriminate, yeah. but... You know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I think that was probably the hardest part about adjusting to the NBA for me, like, and learn the business just because, like, it was flipped on me in a sense. And it was like, guys, like, if anything, I feel like I'm the most authentic Hooper you got because I really, truly live and breathe shit. I really, truly wanted to do yeah. this since I was four. Like, yeah, I could have went to Harvard, but I chose this. Like, I chose the struggle. I wanted to do this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and obviously, don't be wrong, like, my family didn't really have money like that. We just were smart people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, but I, I chose that path instead of saying, like, oh, I'll just be a doctor and make, you know what I'm saying, 100, 200, 300,000 a year until I'm 80. I yeah. didn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to do what I do. And so, you know, regardless of what you threw at me, like, there was still authenticity there of, like, wanting to do it. Whereas, like, a lot of guys who were like, I got my first bag. You freed the slave. I'm gone. Yeah. Like, because I don't even really want to hoop like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that was probably a, a struggle for me just because, like, I just really wanted to play basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, so tell me, you spoke on it a little bit, but how hard was that for you coming from a family, like you said, where there's nobody who plays sports or nobody who's looking at it like, this is what you like. And you say you got all these people that went to different schools, college, educational. Yeah. Then they see that you could go to Harvard and you like... Nah, like, yeah. obviously, your basketball people, looking, you can't go to Harvard, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, like, how was that, you know, the difference from, like, your basketball people saying, yeah. you can't go to Harvard, then your family, like, this is the biggest thing ever. Yeah, exactly. Like, what you mean? Like, how was that dealing with that as a, you know, a 16, 17-year-old kid? I, again, have to give full credit to my parents because they allowed, you know what I'm saying, a 17-year-old kid to make a grown man decision. And yeah, I'm, man. like, for, for them, I got to salute the parents because who going to let you turn down Harvard, like, not knowing what, whether the NBA no, I know. is really something I know, that, like... I wasn't McDonald's, so it wasn't like the NBA was guaranteed, like, and, you know, it was something I was going to have to fight for. And, you know, I also see, it's quite kept, too, the third choice was UCLA. I didn't go there because I was just kind of like, a, uh, we'll take you, you're, you know what I'm saying, nah, state right. player to your, or city player to your, whatever it was. Like, we'll take you, you know what I'm saying, because it'll look bad if we don't get you, but they didn't really want me. So I turned down Harvard and UCLA to go to Colorado because they were like, we're in the Pac-12, but we we need you. Like, if you're here, we have a chance. And I'm like, shoot, if I go hoop, I go to Pac-12, they got the most pros right now. All I got to do is do my job, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Now, this part of I want to pull my pen and pad out because mm-hmm. you was about to put your whole contract <laughs> in cryptocurrency. Yeah. I and uh, I've been hearing stuff back and forth, talked to a few people about cryptocurrency. Everybody tell us this is the new wave. Yeah. And you took a big step because you were the first one that wanted to walk through the door yeah. and trying to put not only the world, but you making the NBA hip to what's going on. Yeah. Outside of, you know, the NBA just circle. How was that? And just tell us the process of, of everything and why it didn't go down and why you wanted it to happen. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, now this, I can, shoot, I can talk about this for 
three hours. Um, <laughs> now, nah, I mean, you look at any any entertainment industry, right? Which at the end of the day, that's what we are, right? That's why, you know, the the guys put their butts so in the seat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, or who they are, and the contract's yeah. so big, and TV money, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, like people think that the most important part sometimes is the NBA organization, the shield, or the team, or or even the player, like. Technically, it's not. The most important part is the fan. As long as they spend money, as long as the entertainment, we got there. a job. Yeah. Then from there, secondarily, the player is the second most important piece because yeah. we have to actually be producing you the product. The yeah, fan. you got to entertain them. You know what I mean? And and that's why some sports don't make a lot of money because the fans don't want to spend their money there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the whole reason they're spending money is to get closer to the people, the product, the whatever it is that yeah. they want, which is the player. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shoot, like why shouldn't I open up my contract to the fans? Like for me, it gives me more money, right? For them, they get to, you know what I'm saying, have invest, fun investing in what and they- And be a part of it. And, and be a part of it. Like think about it. We're looking at sports gambling, going mm-hmm. through the roof. Yes. You know what I'm saying? All people want to do is be attached to this. Why? Because- Affiliated. We, yeah, because we can do things other people can't do. I mm-hmm. need you to dumb it down for me though. Like what? <laughs> no, I'm serious because it's like, it's cool. It's like, you know, I need like fans can invest. Like yeah. why is it in the fans' interest to- invest in your contract yeah. and what do they get out of it like you said you get more money because they put money into it before yeah. the fan out like what do they get from it? why is it a good deal for them okay so it would depend on the ways in which that you did it and what incentives you want to offer right like you could do it to where they get small percentages and things like that so you could treat it like a bond right and in which case like why would i not want to get the Spencer bond instead of a government bond if it's going to pay the same, but I can also get courtside tickets to a game. You know what I'm saying? Like you can give perks and, and meet and greets and, and just things that are low lift for us, but they'll buy because right. it's us. You know what I'm saying? And so and you're just finding new inventive ways to involve them in, in what it is that you're doing and, and going forward with that. So, you know, for me, it was about like kind of looking at it from the perspective of fans want us in all facets. Mm-hmm. How can we continue to... Provide that. Yeah, provide that and decrease the the, the friction. And one mm-hmm. of the things they love is obviously our contracts. That's why they're so public and they know if we hit X amount of three-pointers, we get a bonus. Well, what if I said like, okay, if, you know, I hit those threes, like I'll give you 10% of my bonus. Like, because you guys gave me X amount of dollars or whatever it is up yeah. front and all this other stuff. Like it's, you can play the game however you want to play it, play. whatever's right for you. And so it was about having people rethink this relationship between players and fans and having kind of players also open their minds to like, oh shit, like really like these are the people. Like like yeah, they don't gotta be stuck with just organization and players. It can be everybody can be involved yeah. so, in the getting this money. So why wasn't it allowed? Man, look. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like why Boy, wasn't it allowed? Me, me and the NBA, uh I know you don't see out of eye. You still said they wrong. I saw you. I, I, I'm I'm Well, I'm, I mean, look at it. They said they were gonna kick me out the league and I'm still playing. So so obviously it wasn't like that, but that's also water in the bridge. I didn't because know they said you were gonna get kicked what? out of the league. Legal action. All that stuff. They said they said a lot of wild stuff. At the end of the day, though, it, it's water under the bridge because like it also got them thinking more into blockchain. Mm-hmm. They also are partners in one of the companies that I am involved with, which is Dapper Labs. And that's, that's how you I'm got to get top shot. Like, hold up, you in top shot. I seen that thing explode. How yeah. you like that? Like you look at him. He's trying to be a part of that, like, man. Yeah, I still got my Bitcoin going anyway. Shit, I'm smiling. I'm trying like, to be a part of that CEO. <laughs> <laughs> look, shot, look, top CEO. shot. Hey, that's look. like one of the biggest things that then boom. Yeah. So, so you, yeah. so you on the ground floor of that, huh, my boy? Yeah, yeah. So Roham, the CEO, is, is my guy, and so I, I was fortunate. Roham, what's up, Knucklehead? You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. What you saying? 
No, no, no. Like, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to get in with them because they had, so Dapper Labs had originally made an app called CryptoKitties um, mm. on the Ethereum blockchain. And, and they're famous for basically that kind of throttling the network, which just means they slowed it down to a crawl because they, they had too much like fan base, too much activity. Mm. So they ended up building their own uh, blockchain called Flow and um, ended up trying to get these enterprise partnerships. And I was able to be on the ground floor of that. And obviously, in terms of the NBA, starting to rethink blockchain, how they viewed things, started to steer their mind towards that. So all the all the hardships that happened through my contract bullets I took for things like that, and even though it didn't happen the exact way that I wanted to, I, I ended but up— But you put them up on game. Yeah. You I know what you did? You gave them some good shit for free. Next time, charge there. No, hey. He got compensation <laughs> on the back side. He put them no, 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 up no. on. He, he come around he the comes, back He side. came around the corner on some other hey, stuff. Hey, listen, I, I looked at it like this, right? Like, <laughs> I, I was able to get Dapper Labs around the corner, and so yeah. got them in there. And then also, remember, like, for me, a war with the NBA is never good because right. I still plan on playing. Like, I just yeah. obviously signed for 60. So if I go to war with them just to prove a point, but I don't get my 60, yeah. is it worth it? No, probably not. Exactly. So, you know, we make friends and, and Adam Silver is a great commissioner. I understand why the league would be scared to yeah. let somebody do that, because if I do mess it up or whatever, there's liability and other things. And I feel like that's why it should have took a shot on me, because like I'm the player that wants to do it. And so yeah. I'm not going to like deliberately screw everybody over. Like no, I wouldn't do something it's, like it's that. It's a history of that. Like yeah. it's a history of, of players that it'd be the specific players that takes the hits for the NBA to really realize like what's going on in the yeah. world and what's going on outside now. And then they accept it. Yeah. But it always be that player that when they first walk through the door, like sure. AI. For sure. You know, he was the first guy that had to take the hits for the cornrows, the tattoos, the baggy clothes, and all that stuff. Yeah. And now you see the guys can really express themselves. Exactly. A lot of guys took a hit for guys to express themselves now. So all you did was just take the hit from the beginning, and now the NBA is open to cryptocurrency. Yeah. They open to doing things. I wanted to ask you another thing, too, since you're the smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs, man. I, yeah. uh, Gary V hit me up and told me, man, you need to get up on NFTs. And I yeah. was like, yeah, what's NFTs? He was like, find out. And gotcha. I was like, damn, Gary. You gonna give me homework? I thought you put me on some good shit for free. You know what I'm saying? But I heard NFTs is the new wave, man. The hotel we staying in, man. They got a little NFT, little setup downstairs, and you know, us knuckleheads want to get part of that NFT game and see what's going on. Like, so tell us more about the NFT game. So NFT just means non fungible token. So basically, what that means is they, if you look at um like a Bitcoin, right, like. If I gave you one Bitcoin, gave you one Bitcoin, it, it doesn't mean that you have the first and he has the second. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. just Bitcoin, right? There's 21 million. They're just kind of in circulation. Yeah. Well, non-fungible token, they put a they put a serial number essentially on each, you know what I'm saying, token. So it could be like you have the first Bitcoin, you have the second Bitcoin, you have the third. And so obviously that gives, scarcity gives value, right? So if you look at anything in life, if there's less of it, it's probably more valuable, right? Yeah. When people drop shoes and they say, oh, it's a one of one or one of 10, mm -hmm. they're more valuable, right? So like looking at- and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so that's exactly what kind of the NFT play is, right? It's like digitally verified scarcity is pretty much the game. So when you look at uh, Panini cards, when they come out, yeah. one of 10, one of 100, yeah. whatever it is. So you're just doing that in a digital version because it's on the blockchain. It's more transparent, more secure, and you can kind of transfer the value easier than with like a Panini card or whatever because you're trusting Panini mm -hmm. to verify the stuff. Verify Whereas like the, the blockchain, you can't l really lie to it. 
All right, so when we get our building in Silicon Valley, just let me know, and I'll sit up my office myself and, Bet. you know, put my... Nah, I got you, OG. My stuff. Well, I know you're going to have a building in Silicon Valley in a minute, so just let me get an office, corner office, I prefer, <laughs> but, you know, I'll take anything. So so now I want to talk about money. We talking mm-hmm. about a lot of Bitcoin and all this. Yeah. Like, I remember you first came in, you got your little Tesla. We were like, what the fuck he doing getting a Tesla yeah. in Detroit? Like, you know what I'm saying? I Whatever. Tesla. I'm in Florida. I still want Tesla so, so bad. So this was... <laughs> I don't want to hear about We know you the smart guy. We know you didn't got them invested and did some big things on that side. I want to know what the other part of the family Spencer did when you got some bread. I don't want to hear about I took care of mama. I don't want to hear about I oh, got you want to hear about, I want to hear the, about the, that. One, the one thing. I want to hear about the frivolous purchase that right, Spencer did what right, he did so, to make him feel good. When, so, even though he might have had a little, sugar, you know, do little something man to make on me this feel side. better. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? No, no, no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, it's the bad question I like to ask. Bad Ooh, question. What you did? We got so, big dumbass chains. We nah, got nah, whips. Nah. We got cars, all this nah, and that. So, like, what, what, did, what, what did Spence do? No, no chains. Um, no haircut, no chains. Okay. No haircut. <laughs> the two things that I got, my purchases, I got the Black Panther AP. Mm. Um, oh, it's a, I, wait, wait, you mean the Automare Black Panther, yeah, Black Panther, Panther, Panther yeah, version? Yeah, yeah, the Black okay, Panther. Okay, never heard of that, never knew, but Mr. Nice nah, Watch, so, okay. <laughs> so, my second favorite superhero, the Iron Man, and my favorite coat is purple. So yes, like, we know that yeah. Iron Man, he thinks he's Tony Stark. You know, that's, so, that's part yeah. of his smart guy. So I got that. And then uh, secondarily, the Koenigsegg Jamera. Mm. The what? Did you understand what yeah, you said? Yeah, I heard what he said. <laughs> what did you say? It's a, it's a car. <laughs> Koenigsegg Jamera. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, you, 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 too many uh, people okay, won't hear that. They don't even know I, that. Time out. I ain't the only person on <laughs> this listening to this. He thought he ordered something to eat or something. I thought he ordered something to eat or something. Say that again. Koenigsegg Jamera. So Koenigsegg is a Swedish car company. I believe it's Swedish. One of 300. It's the first. Mega GT, so it's a four-seater hypercar. It has, I believe, two thousand combined horsepower. Zero you know six. who I seen? Seen the, the Blondie, Blondie. Oh, you talking about the, yeah, the yeah, supercar so Blondie? There, I said, Ooh, what's Hold that? on, bro. How much that cost? See, he talking about seeing that. Look, we ain't heard this. Look, everybody be like, yeah, El Dorado. Yeah, we got a Phantom. We got a Maybach. We got... This bitch just said something. I don't even know how to say the right way. What yeah, you saying? Now you going to have so, all the rappers going my, to get them nah, blown up. 2,000 horsepower super... What was it? You say hyper or supercar? That's a lot of supercar. Well, you say hypercar. It, it's, it's the first four-seater hypercar. They call it a Mega GT. So, yeah. Can I, you got a picture? Can I see it? Uh, I mean, we could pull it up. With those boutique type cars, like first you buy the slot, then you put down the fifty percent deposit, and they make it for you. Yeah. And so it'll be here in twenty twenty three, I believe. But mm, I ain't even yeah. got that motherfucker yet. Ooh, yeah. nah, it's uh, yeah. I seen the blind girl. Uh, that John, that John. Go, type nah, type nah, it nah, in there. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what this <laughs> shit look like. Yeah, I don't even know what he's saying, boy. I said, well, I thought, I thought for sure, I was like, I would at least know. I ain't never even heard of this John. It's different. <laughs> hey, y'all need to see this. You say you getting it in 2023? Uh, something like that. I believe that's when the production cycle uh, will we'll drop it. Man, it's 2021. You paying for a car three years from now? Yeah. Two years from now? Yeah. Man, that's Tony Stark, bro. It's different. Like, everybody <laughs> can go get a like a Wraith or a Cullinan yeah. or, or a Bentayga or whatever. Like, you got to wait three, four years to get this accountability. <laughs> I, my whole life, you, I've only did that one time, and I'll never do it again. Boy. I have no patience. I'm terrible <laughs> with that. When the fucking, what was it? The, it was the, the Bentley Continental Fly Spur. Uh-huh. When that car first dropped, I did what you did. 
Yeah. Oh, I want to be fantastic. Go to the dealership, sit with them, get champagne, talk my shit and design and do this and do that. Then you got to wait. <laughs> Bruh. I didn't even want the damn car when I got it. No more. I was like, what? Like, I got that bitch a year later. I don't want this car no more. Everybody seen people with it. Like, I got it. I was like, but see, that's that's the difference, though. A Bentley. I mean, it's different. Yeah, yeah, you don't see somebody like, with This some were, other shit. This ain't really, I don't oh, even no. know how to say this. Now, there will only ever be 300. They won't yeah. make more. So, oh, it's only, oh, see, yeah, this gonna so be like, a cash cow right here. He's gonna pass that long. You keep that bitch in mint condition, yeah. less than a thousand miles. They're gonna be like, yeah, keep less than a thousand miles. Like, my Audi was less than, that shit had like 700 miles. I ain't never drive that bitch. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, like, the, the Panther crazy, is uh, one or 250, I believe. So, like, the things I usually get are like very bespoke and like you can't. Well, a like, car like an NFT. For example, like like you just said, if I gotta wait a year or two years or whatever to get something, but then everybody's gonna have it and it's and something that like is not unique, like why? Like for example, I know like people have started to drive a lot of Urus, uh, Lamborghinis and McLaren's and things like that. They're like easy cars to get into because you can lease them in this and a third. Like if you look at like the the really like exclusive Ferraris and things, why do people not drive Ferraris? Because you have to actually buy them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't just lease them anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like things like this. Like, you're not going to lease no Koenigsegg. Like, it's one of 300. Like, when you see the tag on that, like, that's actually mine. Like, there's only 299 more. And I think the actual owner of Koenigsegg has one. So, there's only 298 in the world that yeah. are going to drive around. So, you were part of the biggest trade in NBA history. Yeah. <laughs> was you aware of that? Yeah. How, like, <laughs> how that feel? But not only that, to afford the culminating you getting a three-year deal, 62. That's a lot of money. Like, you know, I know it was a, you know, discrepancies. You could have made a, you know, a bit more. But, I mean, 62 coming from, like you say, G League, out the oh, league, yeah. second round. Like, there's a lot more money than second round picks ever get to oh, ever, yeah. ever, 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 oh, ever, yeah. ever, ever see. Yeah. Does that just let you know, like, I was on the right path. I was doing what was right. Yeah. When you, when you sign something like that and that's when you when you had a conversation with parents and things like that and you start looking back you look at the journey, you're so appreciative for all the moments. And so, like like I said, with the Detroit and setting the foundation, learning how to be a pro and understanding that injuries kind of gave my opportunity, but also understand, like, I walked through the door as well because it takes two parts. You know what I'm saying? I would never wish an injury on anybody. I've, I've had two, but, you know, that that person has to walk through that door and, and, and take advantage of it. And, you know, being a part of the biggest trade in history and things being complicated, it's it's very on brand. But, you know, it's, shoot, it's, it's an honor and a blessing. I mean, I don't, I don't know many second-round picks who's, Career earnings by the time they're done will probably cross triple triple digits. You know what I mean? I, I'm probably maybe like fifth. Yeah, I'm probably like fifteen or so short of that. Dread. But like, yeah, like if if I play another five years, there's no way I shouldn't make another fifteen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's a blessing. Like like I said, there's so many things that had to happen for it to happen, and then there's a million other ways and scenarios it could have gone. Like I could have chose China for the bag. <laughs> like my teammates and friends could have not gotten hurt, and I could have never played. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just a, like there's there's no other way I guess to feel other than blessed. I mean, obviously you have to put in the actual hard work. So some of that is like you got your swag to you. You understand like you did this, but a lot of times too, like these were blessings too. Now like it wasn't this wasn't just all like Spencer just like you know just walked in just swagging on everything. Like like you you had to have that confidence, but you also had to have those doors open. And you know so I'm it, it's equal parts. Like I feel really good. I feel really confident. I think. Wizards have a chance to make the playoffs, and I think I have a chance, you know what I'm saying, to make an all-star game before my, my career is done. But I also understand, like, you know, a lot of things had to happen just to get here. So you thanks for working. When we got to L.A., it was 2000. You was like seven or eight. Yeah. Do you remember any Clipper stories of times when we was 
down oh, there. And y'all, y'all were y'all were famous for for the two taps to the head, man. Like that was that was big time and and dunking on people and fun and all that. Yeah, no, nah, I was dunking on people, not him. We're gonna lead the dunking out. <laughs> you know, so we gonna don't this disrespect. Is, this is a recurring thing. Don't, don't disrespect like the we, show like that. We, it's, it's, it's a dunker and it's a shooter. <laughs> you nah, know, so, so first like, of all, the, the dunk conversation. See, we this have. is where you go wrong with this conversation. Young fella was there, 2000, what, 14, 13, 15. I'm dunking off vertical. Remember, <laughs> under the basket, still yeah, to this day, yeah, not even playing no workout, no warm up, vertical, two hands on the numbers. Don't play with me. When was I'm this? done with the game. When Am I not? He he could duck still. Like, but he wasn't a dunker. Anybody no, could dunk no, in the no, gym no, with no, nobody no, down there. Yeah, I'm talking about dunker true. in game. You know, For in sure. games count more than in the gym with nobody, sure. right? Yeah, so us dunkers talking, but yeah, you remember us dunking and stuff, <laughs> nah. but me dunking and stuff, yeah. It's Googleable, nah, people. It's, it's Googleable. Let them talk. Nah, definitely, talk about like, me. And you remember me. how like how fun it was. And then now being in the league, you realize like how impactful that is too. Yeah. You know, like Obviously, like I said, I grew up a Lakers fan, so like I'm not gonna like cap y'all or nothing. So you're like, oh, okay, Lakers like winning championships, boom. Like you think like it's a championship winner and everybody else is a bum, right? Yeah. But then like when you get in the league, you're like, holy shit, and you look back at all these things, you're like, damn, like knows like, the other thing. Yeah, so. the way they were rocking, like yeah. that was fucking special. Like, like to have that that liveness and that fun and that that atmosphere and that camaraderie and things like that. Like, like I said, I experienced with the 2018-19 Nets team. Yeah. And and we only went to the first round and we exactly. lost. Like we lost four yeah. one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, like, even being in there and making it there was, like, a stepping stone, a milestone. Like, so all those things, you start to just have this, like, immense respect for everybody that's even been able to step foot into the brotherhood. And and for you guys to, like, change the game, be transformative, and and to kind of blend pop culture and make, make shit fun, like... That's that's huge. No, everybody can't win the championship, yeah. but they they act like you never achieved success. Yeah, like you never had fun, or it wasn't a success. Yeah, us as players and competitors, yeah, we ain't win the championship. We feel like we ain't succeed, but we still achieve something. And yeah. one of the things y'all definitely did with that next team, y'all achieved some. Y'all, the whole league didn't expect y'all to do what y'all did, and y'all didn't. And all them guys from that team. Then succeeded. We see Jared Allen with a hundred million dollars in his pocket right now. You know million. what I'm saying? You got your money, Lavert over there. You know what I'm saying? D'Angelo, ice cold in the veins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? I I love to watch y'all play back then, and that was definitely dope. And we definitely appreciate you coming out rocking with us, man. All right, man, that's been a wrap, man. We out here live on location in La La Land. We yes, got sir. my main man, Bitcoin, yeah, there with man, it. Bitcoin. We learned about some <laughs> NFTs. We got one of the baddest young boys out here, man. Y'all watch the Wizards this year. He going to do it big. Him and B-Bill in the squad. Appreciate you, young fella. Thank you, man. Detroit Tires is my young boy, young rook. Now we here. Thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.